Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road campus. Yeah, having the right tool really helps in a job, right? And uh, 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 if you, when you buy a tool, buy the most, the best one you can. You know, don't go out and buy cheap tools because they just break. And um, uh, using the right tool makes getting the job done more efficiently, more effectively, and better. It just is is good to have the right tools, but you need to know how to use the tools. Uh, I was, um, one whole summer, I uh, was a lumberjack. I cut down trees. And I remember distinctly a couple of experiences during that summer. One was there was a young man who was from Asia. I forget which country, Malaysia, Indonesia, one of those countries. And he was just fascinated with this tool called a chainsaw, which is my favorite tool. I was going to bring one in, but I don't have a chainsaw. I, I got rid of mine because it broke. And I don't use a chainsaw much in Portage. <laughs> but when I get to use a chainsaw, it's pure delight. And of course, I grew up uh, cutting trees with my dad. I knew how to use a chainsaw. <laughs> and uh, so. And they, because I had that skill, they actually, the camp I was working in had a mile, a little over a mile long uh, road into the camp, and there was a disease that had killed uh, probably thousands of trees. And they had to go through and, and cut all those dead trees. And so that's what I did all summer, I was cut down dead trees and burn them. Um, and the other guys would help. And this guy was, had never, t- never seen a chainsaw, and so he was just burning you know, which he got bored with. And he really, really wanted to use a chainsaw. So I said, okay, this is how you use a chainsaw. Go over and cut that little tree there. <laughs> and uh, he takes the, ch- the chainsaw, and he does a fairly good job until the tree starts falling on him. Okay, and so he grabs the tree, and, and back then it was an old school chainsaw, and he's full on, the chain is full blast. <laughs> like this, and he's fighting with the tree while the chainsaw is swinging. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, because just a slight change and off goes his leg. You know, you want to know how to use your tools. (laughs) Thankfully that didn't happen. He dropped the chainsaw. Uh I was uh, relieved, and I never let him touch a chainsaw again. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some tools for Bible study. And, uh, but first, we, before that, just some general methods of getting to know Scripture. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. Reading, of course, we've been encouraged everyone to read. should be done daily. You should read scripture in some capacity every day. Uh, it's a, 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 you know, generally good to use an easy translation. The New Living Translation is one of the easiest to read. Uh, NIV is fairly good. Uh, there's different ones that are easier to read. But changing the trans, uh, translation is one way to, to change it up, especially if you've read the Bible through two or three or 10 or 20 times. Changing a translation helps you hear it in a different voice. And the purpose is simply just to get in this, uh, um, to make the Bible an essential ingredient in your life and get an overall awareness and the, of the Bible and the flow of the story. And so it's just, you know, you don't have to worry about reading the Bible and like not getting some big revelation because the purpose is just to get it in you. All right, read the story. Meditation is thinking about it more deeply, and that's something that should be done continually. 
Like you just never stop thinking about Scripture and ideas in Scripture, verses. Um, it's just taking extended time to thinking about a particular verse or topic or issue um, in God's Word and kind of chewing on it, mulling on it, and uh, extracting from it application and understanding. And that's something that can be done continually. All right, you can do it while you're working, you can do it while you're driving, you can do it really all of the time. There's just something that you bring to mind and think about. There's things that I've been thinking about for decades. Uh, you know, I'll just, uh, it'll come to mind and I'll think about it. Well, how, do that, how does it apply in this story and that story? How does it work out? That's meditation. Memorization, we don't talk a lot about that here, but it is an important element in your relationship with Scripture. It should be done regularly, but it varies. Sometimes you, uh, you know, might set your, uh, um, a goal to memorize a Bible verse every week for a year. And then that year you'll have 52 verses or one verse a month, 12 verses. You can all do that, right? Uh, maybe a verse a day. That'd be great. Um, there's different ways that you can do that. <clears throat> Committing verses to memory uh, intentionally demonstrates a valuing of God's word. Right? What else do you memorize? You know? And so working to memorize scripture, it, it's almost teaching yourself the value of it, but it's also demonstrating to others. And it just provides this uh, ready access to um, God's word when it's needed. All right. And so I believe every Christian uh, should be memorizing God's word in one way or another. So there's been times in my life where I've done it systematically, where I've carried around little cards or, uh, you know, things on my phone and uh, uh, memorize scripture that way. <clears throat> but just reading scripture, quoting scripture and things, uh, you know, repeatedly and focusing on scripture. If you study a scripture word for word, it's pretty much memorized um, and uh, it's very, very helpful. So the last one is studying. And that's something I think should be done on a weekly basis. Um, you have enough time, the average person in America uh, spends two hours and 22 minutes, depending on the study that you refer to, uh, but that's an easy one to remember. Two hours and 22 minutes, doing, guess what? Every day. Yeah, that Facebook thing, have you heard about it? Or the, now the TikTok, which I've never even seen, but I hear it's kind of popular. <laughs> so, you know, don't, you know, sure, you know, take, uh, take 20 minutes of that time. <laughs> take an hour of the time. You still could have an hour and 20 minutes, or an hour and a half. Um, uh, don't give it up all together necessarily, but, you know, can you set aside an hour a week? Now, that's a day, two hours and 22 minutes average. Uh, uh, just doing social media. That's not screen time. That's just social media. And so we have time. <clears throat> and uh, what you need to do is prioritize the time. So setting aside, put it on your schedule. Schedule it. You know, uh, uh, keep a calendar. Um, I do. It really is helpful. You look at the calendar. That's what I have to do from 10 to 11. I'm doing this. Or from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. I'm doing, I'm getting up. I'm studying scripture. Have a plan. <clears throat> there are countless resources online, uh, as well as uh, Bible uh, study groups, uh, various methods, unlimited, really, resources available in our day to have uh, formal studies. Or I'm going to show you how I study the Bible. Um, and these are some main tools to use during Bible study. I just want to say that I listen to sermons regularly, uh, other people's sermons, like 
sermons that I don't teach. <laughs> I don't listen to my own sermons. Oh, horrible. <laughs> it's just, it's just painful torture. Uh, although sometimes, sometimes I make myself laugh. <laughs> but um, I listen to other preachers on a regular basis because I need to be fed uh, spiritually as well. Um, uh, reading books. I read a lot of books. Um, I've probably, you know, I, I can go up against anybody here. How many books I've read? I <laughs> uh, lost count. And so, but that's like, that's like eating regurgitated food. <laughs> it's pre-digested, right? You know, and so it's great. You know, it's like those power drinks. It's like everything goes, boom, energy, bam. But there's a difference between that and, 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 and growing a garden Harvesting the food, uh, prepping the food, cooking the food, and setting down and eating a homemade meal. All right, and so Bible study is learning to get out of God's Word for yourself, and the process is as important as what you get out of it. All right, so you know, listen to podcasts, read books, but study the Bible. All right, this old saying that says, uh, "The Bible." Uh, sheds incredible insight on the commentaries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to actually uh, change gears here and do something I don't think we've ever done here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's cool, isn't it? So I used to do this teaching. I've done it a few times and would um, uh, have the room filled with uh, tables and have books on all the tables, uh, like uh, concordances and dictionaries and and commentaries, and <clears throat> because uh, that was the way we used to have to do it is carry on all these big books, right? But now all of those books are <clears throat> uh, magically, you know, encapsulated into the computer or even our phones. Um, this program is the program I use. It's not the best program. It happens to be free which is nice. It's called eSword. It's been around for a long time. Um, the drawback is it only works on Windows computers. All right. Someone once told me, if you really know what you're doing on an Apple computer, you can make most Windows programs work. But I don't know that because I'm not in the Apple universe. Um, <clears throat> so all of the resources that I'm going to be showing using the eSword program are available everywhere from physical books to other Bible programs. One of the most popular is the Logos or Lagos, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, and that is the most well-known. It is also extremely expensive, uh, and it has the most well-rounded resources, the, the Logos. Um, um, and then there's online, like the Blue Letter Bible or Bible Gateway. There's tons of resources online. All of them do the same things that I'm going to be talking through um, in this uh, little study here. And so uh, what we have here is my Bible program. <clears throat> and um, uh, so the first thing that is helpful in Bible study is simply different translations. And on this program, it's really easy to, uh, to switch to different translations. Let me find my mouse. Hello, hello, where's the mouse? Is there an on? Oh, I know. There we go. All right, there we go. All right, 
And so you probably can't see this because it's too far away, but I have about 20 uh, translations on this. And so <clears throat> this year we're looking at the New King James. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbors, for we are members of one another. If I wanted to look at a different translation, let's say the NASB. The NASB is considered the most accurate, generally the most accurate word-for-word -word translation. And so when uh, the translators gathered and said, let's do another Bible translation, uh, one of them said, why? There's so many of them. And the other guy said, well, let's do one that just focuses on each word and try to translate each word and not worry too much about how it flows together. And the other guy said, that's a great idea. <laughs> no, that didn't really happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a group of scholars that got together and decided to translate, prioritizing the word-for-word -word translation. And so it, it sometimes will uh, read uh, significantly differently. <clears throat> Therefore, laying aside all falsehood, speak truth to one another. I'm going to change the scripture and go up to um, Proverbs 119, because you really see a difference there. So, yeah. Boom. <clears throat> All right. So uh, if I read this verse, Proverbs 119 in the New King James, it says, um, boom, boom. It says, so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. All right. Or in the NIV. NIV is a good translation. Um, and it's very, very popular. It's the translation that our Bible reading is based on. Uh, Such is the end of all those who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes the way, away the life of those who get it. Well, that reads a lot differently than the, uh, uh, the New King James. <clears throat> um, but then if you go over to the NAS, NASB, so are the ways of everyone who gains by violence. It takes away the life of its possessors. They're like, violence? All the other translations use the word greedy, but the NASB uses, uses it as violence. And, and if you're studying the Bible, if you're studying this first, you should go, huh, I wonder why. You know, that's a big difference, greedy. You know, there's a link there. This is a great sermon point, you know. Greed is really a manifestation of violence. It's an act of violence against someone else to be greedy for what they have. I mean, that's like a good preaching point, isn't it? It's like, wow, sounds all I did was read a couple of translations. And if I were to preach that, or if you were to understand the scripture in that way, it helps you. <clears throat> Not all translations are equal. Understanding the differences between different translations helps. Um, uh, the ESV is one of the more common ones. The New King James is based heavily on the King James, which was based on a, a very limited number of ancient manuscripts, whereas since the King James was written um, back in whenever, uh, King James was alive. <laughs> They've discovered thousands of uh, manuscripts, archaeological finds. And so uh, newer translations like the NIV or the ESV, and then the New King James has, uh, especially the more recent revisions of it, 
um, has been influenced by the newer discoveries. And so an NIV or an ESV is going to be informed greater by the newer manuscripts that have been discovered, uh, the more recent discovered manuscripts, than, for example, the New King James or the King James. Um, so again, it just is better informed. Um, the Amplified is a great, how many like the Amplified Bible? How many know of the Amplified Bible? Seriously, how many have used the Amplified Bible? No, all of you who haven't raised your hands, go get it, okay? Um, and it's really easy to get, you just download it. Or uh, that, uh, it's not working good. Um, you know, that uh, U version, it's right on U version, right? <clears throat> so, so, so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Such greed for plunder takes away the life of its possessors. And it has a couple of cross-references. Sometimes the Amplified will have like twice as many words or three times as many words because they, they squeeze in the definitions of the words. So it's kind of like a combination between a translation and a dictionary. Now, there are certain uh, translations, eh, paraphrases, like the Message or the Passion Bible, and some others, they are not translations, folks, okay? Because they were not done by a large group of educated scholars with a peer review process. They are paraphrases. They're people putting Scripture into their own words. They're on the level of a sermon, not Scripture. Okay, I don't care how intense it sounds. It doesn't have the authority of Scripture. Okay, and so can you read them? Yeah, they're great. I read them. I use them all the time. But I'll go to the NASB and the, you know some of the other translations, ESV, to get a more scholarly view of a particular paraphrase, and maybe use the message or the passion to get a more exotic or <laughs> contemporary uh, understanding of. Oh, I got to move on here. Uh, dictionaries. <clears throat> So, you know what? Sometimes you just look up a word in a dictionary. Uh, the English word, uh, the English dictionary is an amazing tool. Y'all should use it. <laughs> you know, and look up words. So if you're studying scripture and you're reading a verse and, it, um, you know, just take the key word and, and you know, now you, it's in your phone, just, you know, type in the word and de definition and just get that definition. There's another resource. <clears throat> it's actually, I have it here on my, uh, in my Bible program. And let's go with um, Greedy. Oops. Actually, I wanted to uh, do Wisdom. Let's go with the Wisdom. All right. <clears throat> and uh, so this is the Webster's 1828. Dictionary. Right there in my computer. <laughs> I have it on my phone too. Um, <clears throat> and if you want, you can go to Webster's Dictionary 1828.com <laughs> and read uh, the definition of an English word from 1828. And you know what? It's a lot, a lot of the words are a lot different than what you'll read in today's dictionaries. Because right? they've been morphed by our culture. And um, my goodness, look at all this stuff that he has to say about wisdom. 
There's just tons and tons of uh, uh, examples. Notice almost every uh, part of his uh, Webster's definition will include a biblical reference. Yeah, super cool, super cool. Um, and so uh, it's a great way to, I mean, I've actually wrote sermons just using the, the references in a, one of these Webster's um, definitions. It's like there's enough stuff there for a whole sermon. Uh, Throw in a few stories, a poem. I don't do poems. Okay, I gotta go through this. All right, so, and then dictionaries from the original language. Um, And so let's go over to a different translation that includes the Greek and Hebrew. So, what is this wisdom about? And so I can just go down here, and uh, I looked at the, click on this, and go down and click on Strong's. You just have to carry on this big book, you know, tiny little letters, and boom, it's right there. And so sometimes I'll go, you know, the Greek word for wisdom means wisdom. You know, everybody chuckles. This is where I get it, okay? Because that's all it says there. That's the whole definition of the word wisdom, is wisdom. (laughs) But if I go over to this other resource, why is it not showing here? Come on, let's click on this. Oh, oh, I know. So what I do is, if I go over to a New Testament, use of the word wisdom, you see what the Greek word for wisdom is such and such. What's the New Testament word for wisdom? Uh, there we go. They were amazed at his wisdom. So that is the Greek word Sophia. Uh, also, not a, lot of, not a lot of definition there, just Sophia means wisdom. But if I go over to this other dictionary called Thayer, Thayer is another uh, uh, public domain uh, Greek lexicon that defines Greek words. Uh, look, look at how much information it has about the word wisdom. It just goes down and down and down and down and down and down and all these different aspects of, of what wisdom is. So it really unpacks a greater depth. And so Strong's wasn't enough. The English gave me some idea, but then I look at Thayer, and you can get, wow, there's a lot of information there. And you just ponder that. Maybe certain things will stand out. Um, Now, you can get all those books. You can get all those things online in different places. You can uh, download them. By the way, on my... On a, on a phone, they have an e-sword version. It's horrible. Don't even try it. Okay, there's a web version. Don't even go there. The, the Windows program's great, and it's been around for a long time. The other ones are just not worth it. On my phone, I use Olive Tree app, which is also free. But then you have to buy, uh, like, the basic translations are free. Same with e-sword. But I have, like, 20 translations, probably... A third of those I paid money for. Uh, but it's only like 10 or 15 bucks. And then you can use them on all the computers that you have. An olive tree on my, uh, my phone, <clears throat> I've been using since the P- days of PDAs. Yeah, those little things. 
that were like phones that didn't have a phone in them. <laughs> and everything I bought from back in the PDA days, when I download to a new device, it has all that stuff. So I have all the dictionaries, all the translations in Olive Tree. And I've been on the mission field where I, where I had to do a teaching and I did it all from my Olive Tree app. Uh, version often doesn't work offline. It only has certain things if you download a Bible. But Olive Tree is downloaded. It's, a, it's an app, so you don't need service. All right, so dictionaries are a great thing. Um, cross-references. Uh, everyone should know what a cross-reference is. Most print Bibles will have cross-references. And that's like the little number, and you go over, and then the column, it'll have a bunch of other verses. Why are those verses there? Those verses relate to the verse you're reading in some way. Either it uses the same word, or it's addressing the same issue. Most Bibles will have one or two cross-references for some verses. <laughs> I laugh because, you know, Right, so if you go to one cross-reference and you read that, it'll have a cross-reference that will take you to another verse on the same topic. And there's actually a whole Bible called the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, which like took that to the nth degree and is a great resource, but there's a bit of, of a learning curve on, on, on learning that. So on my little program or uh, other um, Bible programs, let's go back up to the New King James. And if I wanted to uh, get cross-references on this verse, I just go over to this thing called TSK, Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge, which is one of the most comprehensive or exhaustive uh, uh, cross-references. <clears throat> and it's just cross-references. That's all it is. And so if you notice here, it'll break down the cross-references to different words in the verse or phrases. So you can kind of zero in on different cross and so just following the trail. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> one of the things, and this is the reason I use, I continue to use eSword and not uh, Logos, which is a is really a better Bible program. <laughs> it's uh, is this thing called a verse list? Okay, a verse list. Okay, so if you're if you're doing a study, say you want to do a study of uh, of wisdom, you know, and you, and you want to pull a bunch of scriptures for wisdom. And so you, you're bouncing around, getting different cross-references. You read Webster's, and there's a bunch of references there. You know, where do you put all those verses? You write them all down on a piece of paper? Yeah, you could do that. <clears throat> or in this program, and I'm sure other programs may have something similar, um, you create a verse list. There we go. And so this is the list of verses that I have created under a particular topic. And so I can go down to where I did a study on the tongue. And so it just is all the different verses that I found related to the tongue. And so I can click to one of those, super easy. And, uh, and once I have like 10 or 20 verses on a topic, then I'll, then I'll just use those verses to fill out a study or write a sermon or a teaching to it, it go more in depth. Of course, you can do that on a piece of paper, but what's really nice is <clears throat> I can do this here and, uh, and actually go through all the different verses that I put in that list. 
Or if I come across another verse that I, found, I find a cross-reference, I go, oh, wow, that verse really fits whose mouth. I'll just right-click it. And add it to my verse list. And boom, it's in the verse list. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> All right. So I'm not trying to sell you on the program. I'm trying to sell you on the tool. The tool is cross-references. And so lots of people have created cross-references, but I found sometimes they don't include verses that I think should be part of the topic that God has led me to. And so I create my own uh, uh, um, list of cross-references. Topical Bibles is another one. Nave's Topical Bible um, is a resource that you can download. It's, it's public. Most of these things are, are publicly available because they're old. You know, they've been around for... Uh, 100 years or longer. I'm trying to find something that's in uh, Naves. There we go. So Naves Topical Bible is, uh, you can get it in print, you can download it on your phone, <clears throat> you can go to online. I'm pretty sure there's an online Naves Topical, Naves Topical Bible. Um, you can reference it, get to it from other websites. Uh, it's just a list of scriptures under a particular topic. And so the word brother, um, and it goes and it gives you references for how brother is used as a relative, as a neighbor, as any Israelite, mankind in general, uh, companion, love of brothers, unfaithful to a brother. Uh, all these different references all gathered together so you can just study to your heart's delight. But know how to use the tool <clears throat> and, and use the tool and get familiar with the tool. Commentaries, great. Can you quickly share your testimony about the commentary, Tori, that you shared yesterday about uh, the Messiah? Yeah, so I used um, Blue Letter Bible to find this, which is available online. Um, we got a uh, Advent calendar off of Amazon of the names of God, and I didn't like read every verse beforehand. I just was doing it with her, my five-year-old, and this verse from Daniel uh, 9, I think it was, came up, um, and it was, <laughs> I think it's 926, um, and it was talking about like all these desolations and like the anointed one's going to come and there'll be all these weeks. And I'm like, this is such a weird verse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end shall be with a flood till the end of the war. Desolations are determined and we're getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, uh, why is this in here? Did somebody on Amazon just Google the word Messiah and just throw <laughs> in a verse? So I like looked at um, commentary. It was a David uh, Guzak commentary. I don't know. Uh, um, and it said uh, that um, this verse in its context of that chapter is talking about a prophecy um, and different uh, translators have different interpretations of it, um, but one of the most commonly held ones is that um, that decree that was going out um, lines up with the triumphal entry of Jesus, when you use the Jewish calendar, to the day 
of a year fulfillment. So it was like, I don't know, 484 of our years, uh, uh, the way we do our calendar versus the Jewish calendar, to the day from when this the decree was sent out to when the Messiah walks in and in um, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And that's one of the first times that Jesus actually received worship. And like that's as opposed to telling people to be silent about his who he was and about what he was doing, that's when he stopped saying that and let people worship him. So it's like he was saying, I'm the Messiah, and he waited till that day to fulfill this prophecy. It was it was just a really cool thing that I never would have found without a commentary. Without a commentary, you that back to him. So commentaries are great ways to find out information that you don't know. And what triggered her was like, why in the world did they pick that verse? And a simple turning to a few commentaries opened that up. And so again, on uh, you know, if you want free, they're going to be old. But some of the old ones are great because they're not influenced by more modern uh, theological trends. Um, and so Barnes is a good one. Clark is my favorite. Clark is more uh, is a Wesleyan, and so um, he's not reformed. Uh, most, especially in West Michigan, we live in the middle of reformed America. They really like uh, that uh, French guy. What was his name? Um, <laughs> can't remember his name. Kelvin. Kelvin. Sorry, sorry, all of you. Here. <laughs> um, so I actually, I used to have Kelvin's commentary on here. It's available, and it's great. Uh, but Clark is more uh, Wesleyan. It's the different uh, theory. And so, you, but you have to understand. The reason I bring that out is because commentators are people, and they're significantly influenced by the church tradition they're trained in. And so, when I read Clark, I know he's a he's a Wesleyan. I know he's Arminian in his in his theo theology concerning sovereignty. And when I read Calvin, I know he's you know Calvin. <laughs> It's Calvinistic, and, and, and the New Bible Dictionary, New Bible Commentaries, uh, most of them are, are, are Calvinistic, and they lean uh, uh, in the uh, Calvin trend, Calvinist trends, uh, tradition, and you need to understand that. And so that's why it's good to check a few different commentaries, okay? And some old ones and some new ones. <clears throat> I have the InterVarsity, which I paid actually quite a bit for, uh, uh, specifically because it's a brand new one. And so look at something new, look at something old, something borrowed, something bloom. Okay. <laughs> and of course, maybe you've heard this thing called Google. And you know what? I use Google all the time, especially for finding Bible verses. It's way better than the search <laughs> bar in the thing. Because you don't need to know the words precisely, because Google is used to that. And so you just like, it's the best I can remember that verse. And it tells you, well, that's Matthew 4, 18. You know? So that's great. But also, you might get some uh, blog post on it, or an article in Christianity Today. Um, and those things are sometimes useful, sometimes they're full-on, full-blown heresy. Right? So you need to, you know, treat it with careful, carefully. Wikipedia actually has one of the best uh, uh, Christian uh, information. It's because it's, it's you know, self-monitored. Um, there's a lot of information, but again, you have to be careful when you use Wikipedia, but it's a great resource. <clears throat> the last resource I'm going to talk to you about is the most important one, and it's the person of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, uh, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak to you, and he will tell you things to come. And so Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit, who is indwelling in us, according to God's word, so he's readily available, you don't even need a computer. All right. Um, and so how do you how do you tap into the Holy Spirit? Um, uh, the more of the objective word of God that you have in your mind and in your heart through reading, through meditation, through memorization and through study, the more the Holy Spirit can draw on for revelation and understanding. He will bring to remembrance. Well, you won't remember something you never read. <clears throat> okay? Uh, or you maybe read once 20 years ago. Uh, but if you've read it in the last year, you know, it's readily available. And then this is, this is where most of my revelations come from. But give, keep in mind, I've been studying the Bible for over 30 years. Okay? And reading the Bible. Uh, but it, it generally comes from going... I know what that means. And just waiting on the Lord. Sometimes I lay down. If I'm really trying to figure out something, I'll just take a nap. Partly because I'm old. <laughs> you just stop and think about it. And say, Holy Spirit. And the most powerful revelations come out of that time. Right? Where God brings something to mind. Or, or you understand something like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe it means this. And then, of course, you check that. Okay? Big, really important. Go to a few commentaries. And if they're like, your brilliant idea, and you read it, I've done this. I've gone to a commentator, and they're like, oh, oh man, I'm glad I didn't preach that, because that verse actually is referring to something totally different, or the context was totally different than my great idea. You know, and so I just chuck it. But much of it just comes through Holy Spirit revelation. The Holy Spirit is present in us to teach us, to lead us, and to guide us into this Word. And so cultivating a relationship with the Word and with the Holy Spirit is really, really important. And there's aspects of God's Word that you can never learn from another book. You can learn from the Bible, but you can't learn it from a commentary. You need to hear it from Jesus. You need to hear it from the Holy Spirit. And it highlights it into your life, and it helps you understand it. And that just, it just means more when you get it. But you need to do the work of study using all of these resources and others so that you have the raw material to, to put together something that's delicious and nutritious.